the Cult Worthy Podcast. Join me, Antonio Palacios, each week as I guide you through a never-ending sea of obscure cinema and cult-worthy gems that deserve a rediscovery. Find me on all listening platforms and at thecultworthy.com. The Cult Worthy Podcast. Join us. Attention. The Milf and Me Podcast contains strong language and open conversations about sexuality, a multitude of lifestyles, and occasional criticism of political fuckery. Keep politics out of your pants, folks. Your hosts, Antonio and Diana, are not certified relationship therapists. We are cynical assholes with microphones, pretty much like every other podcast. And so with that out of the way, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Milf and Me podcast. I'm your host, Antonio, here with my lovely co-host, Diana. Diana, welcome. Thank you. Oh, we've got a special guest in the studio today. One of my best friends who you've heard on the Cult Worthy Cinema Podcast and the Cult Worthy Classic, if you've even listened to those. They're my other shows. My podcasting brother, Mikey Jones. Mikey, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I think we should be calling this episode the Milf and Mike. The Milf and Mike is exactly what it's called. I like it. I'll take it. Also, by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, I, I am uh, the ripe old age of four. We don't disclose such things. <laughs> yes, we do. Let's hear it. I'm, I'm youngster. 42. I'm 42. Oh. 42. You are getting up 42 there. 42 years young. So we've got Mikey on the show today because we've got some very important questions for him that I think are really relevant to our whole mission statement of getting stories and hearing all the drama of being 40 plus dating in conservative states like Utah, the shit show, the cesspool. But Mikey's got a different aspect to it. So Mikey, let's start it off with introducing yourself and what you are on the show for today. Well, um, first Diana, uh, a little story. So my (laughs) friend Corey, Mm -hmm. um, took me, uh, a friend, Corey and Ruben, took me out for a birthday dinner last night. And we just, you know, we're hanging out chatting. And I mentioned the show and that I was going to gonna be here today. Mm-hmm. And I showed him a photo of me and you mm-hmm. that was taken, like, summer before last. Yeah, like at Antonio's yeah, like, Barbecue. Yeah, have your, we have our arms around each other. You're we're in the smiling. pantry. Yes. We came, <laughs> we, came, we came out of the closet together. I'll never forget that photo. Uh, we, went in, we went into the pantry and out of the pantry We together. did, very quickly, within yes. seconds. But um, he was looking at it. He went, oh, my God, she is gorgeous. He's Aww. like, she is so she's, she's just freaking adorable. And he's like, and you guys are such a cute couple. Why aren't you guys dating? I know. Let's he's get like, married. No, let's. But there's just <laughs> one little problem, Diana. I'm gay. <gasps> Oh, I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> and, and now the world knows. Now everyone yeah. knows. Ah, uh, yes, I, I am of the, I don't know, like pink persuasion. I don't know. I mean, the, the, it's a rainbow these days, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think I always kind of knew you, you know, had a little something going on. Yeah, I had, had a little extra extra swish in my walk. Yeah, well, I mean, let's talk about that. The three people in this room today, I mean, let's talk about our history. We all went to high school together. Yes, we did. And over and the- wait, wait, and that was just 
for our new listeners, maybe they haven't heard our past episodes, that was Provo High. Provo High, the, the one of the most conservative cities in the world. Epicenter of yes. Mormon hell. <laughs> and the Brigham Young University campus was less than a mile from our high school. But what's funny to me is the only one in this room that was raised Mormon is the gay one. <gasps> That's right. <laughs> Provo, Provo High. So the building that we attended was purchased by BYU. Oh, yeah. For like there. It's basically part of BYU campus now. Yeah. And that that is how close it was to BYU, that it could be incorporated as one of their buildings. So, That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, raised Mormon in, in Provo. Uh, it, it was, I mean, yeah, I, I'd like to say, man, it was a weird experience, but I, I guess it was, but I don't really have much else to, to draw against. Yeah, right. So know. it's the original Provo High, though, right? Because there's a new building that's like out by on the west side by Utah Lake. Yeah, this, this one was actually the second building. The first building was on Center Street where the police station now is. Oh, that was that's like building right. 12 and torn down in the 60s. Okay. Anyway, yeah, there's so just giving much. everybody an idea like we literally the building that we all attended was less than a mile from. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's interesting, too, because the three people in this room, like we all went to high school together and then we all left the state with really no intention of ever coming back. <laughs> yep. And then, yep. you know, shit happens. And here we all are. All 41, <coughs> 42, except <laughs> for old, one of them. Old as fuck over here. I'm a couple weeks away, man. So I, I, I blaze the trail for you guys. I, I make it easy. And here we are, <laughs> my literally my two best friends in the world Aww. in the same room on a podcast. And I don't know. It's interesting to me that in this room, there's only one person that has never had a penis in their hand that wasn't theirs. And that's me. <laughs> We almost kissed once. Did we? Yes. When you did know, we almost kiss? This was at at your old house. It was um one of the one of the May parties. Uh huh. So I I don't know how much you've been open about about like why the May parties happen, what they are. I mean, so it, it, until COVID happened, um, we had a celebration party for my dad who passed away in 2017. We had like a celebration of life party every summer. And it was a time for like everyone to kind of get together and celebrate his life and drink. <laughs> yeah. So, so May of 2017 just, just sucked for us. I mean, I found out I had testicular cancer. That's right. And then like a week later, like right before I go in for surgery, you're calling me up with that news. So yeah. I, I kind of view the, these parties as like a, hey, you know, we all, we all got out. We made it. You know, we're, we're better. We're remembering your dad and everything. And so one of these parties... Like I think, like the second or third one, <laughs> you you were celebrating a little hard. Oh, I remember that party. I was kissing everybody though, Mikey, on that party. Your 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 lady friend, your 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 main squeeze. She was the one who was like, "I think you guys should kiss." And so you Wait, is this you, the cheerleader? That's like no, no, this was Kristen. This was Kristen. Oh, it was Kristen. <laughs> okay, I love it. I totally you, remember this now. You closed your eyes and. <laughs> you push your lips out, and it, like it literally looked like you were waiting for someone to like give you like like a, a three inch needle in the ass. Like you looked so pained, but just willing to try it. And I was a little drunk too, and I was like, "Yeah, I can't do this." So I picked up your dog, and he started licking your face, and you were like, "What the fuck?" And then you open your eyes, and there's Teddy, and we all busted up laughing. But yeah. I, I, and I threw up after that too. It was like the first time I threw up in, oh, from drinking a long awesome. time. Well, well, I, I would have kissed you in a second. You know that. I'm glad it wasn't my kiss that induced vomiting you know that's reassuring <laughs> i mean mikey you know that if i ever had like a 
a homosexual encounter with anyone, you'd be the first person I would tell. Maybe yes. Diana. Maybe both of you at the same time, like mom and dad. I'd be like a kid running home from school with like an A Guess on a science happened? quiz. Guess what happened today? Guess what happened? Guess what happened? I'd be the, <laughs> you'd be the first two I would tell. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not I just love that. it. Oh. But yeah, I mean, uh, growing up gay in Provo, uh, I, I, I do remember in, in junior high, like knowing that I thought other guys were attractive and I would hear people say, that's gay, that's gay, and call each other fag and all that other stuff. And I never associated it with me in any way. I kind of thought that I was totally normal and that everybody felt that way. I just kind of thought, okay, yeah, one day I'll get married and have a wife and kids. That's just how it goes. I didn't really think about, you know, I remember like when it finally hit me, oh, that's what gay is. I'm gay. I am that thing that they're talking about. When was that? Um, Like last year, junior high. Okay. It kind of dawned on me. Like I I went to a very conservative... um, there was like, I can probably count on one hand the number of kids that weren't white mm-hmm. and Mormon that went to my elementary school. The same, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mine too. I don't think I had any. Where were you, Where did you go to elementary? Uh, Wasatch. Okay. I was Wasatch. at Sunset View, which was on the west side of the freeway. Yeah. This was like, like so my parents went to BYU. So we lived, um, we lived very, very close to, to campus, mm-hmm. kind of on the other side of it from Provo High. And so I, I went to the elementary school that a lot of BYU students, kids went to. So it was like 90% Mormon. You know, I didn't hear, like, I remember the first time I heard a swear, like somebody swear in junior high. I was, I was literally shocked. I was like, what? Yeah. Because that's how sheltered I was. Yeah. And so kind of, kind of realizing that hearing people talk that way, I, I wasn't used to it. I hadn't heard those words before and I, I definitely hadn't heard them, you know, associated with people as a negative yeah and so it kind of clicked at one point and i was like oh okay and i i was pretty open about it like a lot of my really close friends in high school knew family didn't know until i was 25 mm-hmm. um but yeah a lot of my friends knew um there were actually quite a few gay kids at provo high yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean we and then they all, all went to byu we're not going to name any names but no, we are not i know a handful know. for sure but they know who they are. <laughs> well, here's my question too, Mikey, because I, I was a good friend of yours back then. You were actually best friends with my ex-wife, and that's how you and I became best friends. Yeah. Um, you didn't really come out to me until like early 20s. Yeah, I, I didn't really feel like there was a point when I was in my early 20s where I started coming out to people and it was kind of became a big thing. And I kind of I, I was realizing okay, I need to let people know that I care about about this because I wanted to be, you know, out and accepted and have, uh, you know, the same things everybody else did, not have it be weird. And so there there was a point where I was doing that, but I I also, part of me didn't care that much, but I also felt like there were a lot of people had questions and it was just like, let's just settle the score. Let's just... Well, there also wasn't a lot of advocacy back then either, so... Well, I don't know if you remember this, like, I have friends who were, who are the same age as us, who went to East High. If you remember, at East High, what was going on? There was a, a, uh, a gay group that got started, Mm -hmm. and Mm. it caused a whole lot of problems. This was like 96. Yeah, I remember that. Really? And it was in, yeah, it was in the news. It was national news. I don't remember that. That's wild. Because it was like one of the very first like gay clubs. I love it. Gay groups. 
in the country. That's where my son goes to school, just so you guys know. That's yeah. where my son, Zach, who is 18, he's gay yeah. as well. And he goes to East High. That's really interesting. I didn't even know that. I bet he doesn't even know that. And one of my, one of my very him. good friends is a teacher there, too. And he talks okay. about it all the time. So oh, okay. Yeah, but it, it was, uh, and a lot of, like, one of my friends mentioned that be, because certain things happened because of that. I think that, like, uh, some of the groups may have gotten banned or something. I can't yeah. remember exactly what happened, but a lot of people, like, it caused a lot of hostility because it was like, oh, because of the stupid gay people now, we can't have this or this or this. Or, you know, I know that they try to balance things out. Like, there's there's a girl's sport, so there, there's a boy's sport. I don't know yeah. how that's how it is now, but... Like, no, not any. No, things have changed drastically. Yeah. yeah. Now, now it's like there's a girl's sport and I want to play that sport. I'm just going to be on the girl's team. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know how it is at the end of the day, but it's obviously, you know, it's a lot more accepting now. And yeah. it's like, you know, everyone's more open about it and speaks openly about it. And there's pride parades and festivals that we've been with you. You've been mm-hmm. with us at yeah. and things like that. So it's times have changed and I love it. Well, here's my question. Here's my question about times have changed because I I think times have changed a lot. We're seeing the youth really embrace it. Yeah. But what we're talking about today, I think, is still something that is is challenging. And here's the thing. I'm not a gay man, but I have a lot of gay friends. And one of the things I've talked about at length with you and other people in our group is there are people of our age or older who still kind of have like, a cultural butting of heads with the younger generations of LGBTQ people. Like Mm -hmm. it's easy as an outsider to think that everyone's all on the same page and that everyone's all fighting for the same things. But there are older generations that look at these younger generations as real outsiders, real different people. Yeah. And us, you know, straight people who don't have connections to that. Yeah. will think that it's all one group. And that's why we're talking about this subject today, and that's dating. Mm. As a gay man in Salt Lake City, one of the most conservative cities in the country, we both know that there is no lack of gay people, gay men, lesbian women in this city. However, I still think there is a lot of quiet people about their sexuality in this city because they've spent their entire lives, whether it was because of religion, we are a mostly Mormon population, or the conservative politics of this state, or the whole idea of like people were so encouraged to start families young, and now they have kids and grandkids, and they're like, okay, I've kept this monster in the closet, so to speak, for so long that they don't want it out because now there's more people who will judge them, at least in their minds. Personally, I think we're in a world now that people are more understanding and maybe more encouraging the fact mm-hmm. that, okay, I'm so glad that you now can live the life you want to live, yeah, there's also a lot of people who are afraid of that, and I think the stories that you've told me of dating men in Salt Lake City who are still closeted, and it's like, why are they ashamed? Are they embarrassed? Like, what is the holdback? What's the okay? They have a wife and kids at home. Yeah, you know, um, like what is it? What do you think? Well, I mean, I think everybody has a different reason. I know a couple of guys who have been in that situation who were were really brave and you know, did what, you know, what a quote unquote, the right thing. Uh, and, you know, let their wives know, Hey, this is my reality. This is my truth. And, and, you know, where do we go from here? And it, it, it led to divorce mm-hmm. and some of them were pretty messy. Some of them were pretty clean, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but did any of them stay met? Were, 
Do you know anybody, I guess, is like that would stay married and the wife was okay with him having that relationship outside of their marriage? I've heard of it. I did years ago. I met up with one one gentleman and um, he said that him and his wife, like they had actually left the church. He, he, she knew that he was same sex attracted is I guess the, the, the correct term that they use within the, uh, the structure of the church SSA, I think. And she knew about that. She knew that before they got married, but they had been really good friends and loved each other. Uh, they got married, had some kids. And then after the Mormon element was out of their lives, it was like, okay, well, where, where do we go from here? And I think their idea was to find a third who was truly bisexual that could please them both. Cause I, cause I know that he felt guilty because he was like, you know, my, my wife has never really had a, a lover who is truly in love with her body and physically mm. wants to oh. give her that, that part of a romantic relationship and I've never been fully satisfied. Yeah. So they agreed. Um, I think the agreement was to find that, but then he ended up meeting me. We hooked up and we continued to talk and he ended up kind of breaking things off saying, uh, my wife's worried I'm going to meet some guy and fall in love with him. So I can't talk to you anymore, which I was left a lot of questions open for me. But um, a few years later, I actually ran into him and he was with a boyfriend and uh, you know, apparently I, I guess his, his marriage ended and we, we never reconnected, which is fine. But yeah, consider um, yourself like the stepping stone to that. You yes. help someone find happiness in <laughs> yeah, his journey. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't, I don't know, but um, I, I do know of a, a few guys who just professionally, they feel like it would end their career. Uh, it would be very difficult for them to come out. And nowadays, like, you yeah. know, those people like now yes. in this. Yes. Wow. Uh, there, there's one person in particular I'm, I'm thinking of with this. Wow. And, you, you know, I mean, like, if you think like within the structure of the military. Yeah. You know, and and I know some some guys just seeing things that other people have gone through with their divorce, you know, mm -hmm. either getting, you know, having having their ex-wife really, really angry. And we're in a state that will favor the, the wife over the husband. So yeah, it's unfortunate. I know. A so lot. let me ask you, this person that you're thinking of right now, is this person married or is he just hasn't come out yet? And he's, he's just married. Like, okay. Gotcha. Um, he's, he, his, his wife knows, I think, mm -hmm. but, but for, you know, I, I know him that, to be open. Like he just hasn't like opened open. that. Gotcha. No, they are not in an open. No, I gotcha. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of guys like the last, I think the last three guys that I've, I've connected with and actually developed some kind of feelings for, we're in a relationship with a woman. We're, we're married. Um, one of them got out of his marriage and is, is divorced now. But there was a lot of, lot of fear with that because he, he knew how things had gone for other people. And I think that holds people into it. Also, just going through the hassle and being, being in a career like my job. I, I got let go from a job uh, last year. And before I got fired... I got told by one of my coworkers that I needed to be careful who I talked to and what I said, because not everyone was okay with me. Oh, I didn't have anything to go off of on that other than this other person's word. And I, I eventually like they, they let me go and didn't tell me why. And then eventually it came out, Oh, you made someone uncomfortable. But then, you know, when I found out what was going on, it was like, Oh, this is all stuff that other people were doing too. And I think the problem came in when they found out I was gay. Because to be completely honest with you, I still think 
when you are a gay man, you can't do certain things that other guys can do. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like it's it's so funny to me because we've heard people defend our former president about locker room talk and being just inappropriate in the workplace with the boys, talking about what girl they took home this weekend or mm-hmm. what they did at the strip club. But you have a gay man talk about that in his own words about his own experiences. All of a sudden, that fragility of these locker room boys gets hurt and they get their feelings all all confused because now there's a guy who's gay and they don't know how to handle that. Yeah. They'll go fight anyone on the street. They'll go home and I'm not going to say this happens all the time, but they'll go home and potentially emotionally or verbally or physically abuse their kids and family, mm-hmm. but put them in the same room with a gay man who makes a dick joke. Yeah. All of a sudden that wall of masculinity crumbles and they go to HR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. and I, I think that and, and some things about me being having a higher level level of education may have been at play at that. Um, <laughs> I, it's it, it was a nightmare and I'm not going to say I didn't do anything wrong in that situation. Clearly, you know, I, I did. You know, I participated in some locker room talk, but I felt I was matching my environment. And, you know, you, you just need to be careful when you're treading on that ground. But my my trainer actually said. You need to know that you can't say the same things that a straight guy can to a group of straight guys. So, he, he said, so crazy. I could, he said, I could walk in here, grab one of my one of my guy friends on the ass, make a comment about it, tell him that it's juicy and all that, and then you could do that. You could do the same thing, and then all of a sudden, it's different because you might mean it. Right. So Be- fucked up. And and I mean, I, so personally, I feel like you shouldn't be doing that to anybody. Yeah, you know? there, there's it, actually boundaries that we should be you, following, regardless of sexual orientation. Right, I, but I, it's I, gonna I, come across. It's gonna get translated 100 differently. He's like totally. Yeah. It's the most fucked up thing I've ever heard, honestly. So my current job, they don't know that I'm gay. I don't want them to know I'm gay, and I'm fine with that. And I've gotten shit from that from people in the community. Because I've been told uh, younger guys have said you 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 have every right to be who you are. You're I mean, not living your a, truth, Mikey. Yeah, you need to you need to basically it's like they have to accept you. And I'm like, yeah, and guess what? They can also make my life a living hell. Well, this is a this is a I don't want to deal with that, and it's not yeah. their business. This is kind of another reason why we're talking about yeah. it. We talk about this on the on the show all the time about like where we're at with our age range. And it goes back to that generational thing. It's easy for a 20-year-old who hasn't even found their career or invested 20 years of education and work into their job. It's easy for them to be a live your truth advocate because they've got yeah. their entire lives ahead of them. Yeah. We are all 41 now, 42 here. Uh-huh. And here's a problem. We see the clock ticking mm-hmm. and it makes us wonder what's more important, living my truth and potentially getting blackballed at work or fired yeah. and having shit go on my record because I was living my truth. And now I'm starting over at 41. Yeah. Honestly, man, I in right now in this state in this country, I, I have to say, fuck your truth sometimes and do what's best for you. Leave the advocacy and that stuff for the younger people who have time, yeah, to make those fight those battles and make those those choices. Because if I was fired tomorrow at my job, I, I would really struggle about what I'd want to do as my next step with a family and at forty one, knowing that I probably got twenty twenty five years of actual ability yeah. to physically work and i feel that people in your situation have a lot more pressure yeah. than people like me well yeah you always have to like a small part of you whether it's at work or family you're, like you're going to be suppressed a little bit of you is always suppressed well 
Right. And and you can look at it as suppression or you can look at it as degrees. Like I know around you guys, you, you get certain parts of me that other yeah. people don't. Like my coworkers don't don't get the more, you know, humorous, joking, joking guy that's that's a little little goofy. And I mean, I, I am at work as much as I can be, but yeah, I, I, I try to remain professional just because of where I work and what I do. Yeah. And, you know, but then somebody I'm dating gets, you know, stuff that if you know, that I absolutely couldn't do at work, you know, yeah, I mean, right. I think all of us have that with our, you know, with a significant other, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting what you said about the generational difference, because I know that a lot of older gay men have felt like there's not a place for them in, in the, the current community in the, yeah. In the current community. I know one guy in particular, uh, he was, he was more friends with a friend of mine, but he was in his late fifties, I believe early sixties and he had been like, he was old enough that he had been fired from jobs for being gay. He organized and, and helped, you know, launch one of the first pride events in, in, in our, in our state mm-hmm. ever. And, you know, there, there were times where he said that he felt like, like he would try to go to a bar and it was just like, he felt completely out of place. Like he didn't have, mm. he didn't have a, a foothold there. You know, there's nothing to offer, but then it's like, he had, it's like, you guys are here now because of him and his actions and his advocacy. You guys are enjoying a more free lifestyle. And, um, he, he was incredibly lonely and he, he ended his life two years ago. Oh, that's so, Uh, Oh my God. He overdosed. He got some vials of heroin and overdosed on heroin, called all his friends and, and thanked them and said how much he loved them. And everybody knew something was wrong. Well, and that's something that like people don't like to talk about in this state is about the amount of people who unalive themselves because either they don't have support from their family yeah. or support from, you know, the public places that they'd spent all their time at with people they spent all their time with before they'd come out. And sometimes yeah. people even feel rejected by their own community. That's something people don't like to talk oh, yeah. about a lot because it weakens the resolve of the community's actions. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to show the little fissures or the cracks in the wall of where things like that do slip through. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll admit that I, I'm not really too embroiled in the, the gay community right now. Right. About as deep as I get in it is some of the apps. I, I don't really enjoy the bars anymore just as I've gotten older. At my age, the the term daddy gets... <laughs> <laughs> well, then you fit right in with us because that that's what this show is about, except not not that well, community. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, 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 there's a limit. There's, yeah. yeah. In, in any case... You know, and, and part of the reason going, going back to to the work aspect, like at, at an old job I had, we had a gym at, at the job and I got hit on by quite a few married gay men, like closeted gay men at the gym in the locker room <laughs> because they I'm a little more masculine. I'm, a, I'm not, you know, not femme or whatever you want to call that. And a lot of these guys didn't know I was gay until they, they heard it from someone or I mentioned something and they, they would come on to me because they felt like I w- I wasn't. One guy said, well, you're not faggy. And you're, you're masculine and I'm attracted to masculinity and, and I don't think you'll say anything. And it was just like, that's another reason. I, I don't want randos coming up to me thinking, hey, you're a safe person for me to cheat on my wife with, you know? Yeah. Because it's like, well, yeah, sex is fun and hot. It's like at the end of the day, you're going, okay, um... Yeah, where does this leave me, you know? It brings me to a, a question that I've always wondered about, especially in the state, because I think there are a lot of, like you said, the closet married people who are 
exploring encounters with men because they're feeling out if this is right for them. Have you ever met in person or connected with any of these men's wives? Have they ever like had any, I mean, suspicion that you had a closer relationship with their husband than the husband may have said? No. Um, most of these guys, um, a lot of them, I, I realized at a certain point, like uh, a few of them, I, well, all of them, I didn't know they were married until after the fact. Right. I, I found out later and, and I was, I, I was ignoring a lot of signs. I will admit that. Um, but sometimes, you know, they're just like, oh man, I'm not really out or my job or, you know, they're, that, that's their excuse for why they can't or don't want to disclose information or well, I'm a, I'm a naturally private person or I don't want to say anything until I know you a little bit better. No, I, I've never encountered the wise. There was one, one guy where when things started getting more serious and we actually had a friendship and the physical side of it wasn't really happening anymore. Uh, he had said that his wife was starting to really nitpick him about stuff and question where he was going. And she had no idea that I was a friend of his. And I just said, well, I mean, look, dude, if, if you want to tell your wife, you have a friend that you hang out with sometimes that you met at the gym, you know, and that I'm also gay, I'm happy to talk to your wife just so that she knows right. that there's nothing going on now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I was, I was, I was willing to do that just as like a, Hey, I mean, if this makes it easier for you, because if we're transparent, but it was, it was just this, this, this control of no, you, we can't, no one can know, you know? And, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's sad in a way, but then also not because you, you realize that they're choosing their own path. And I know that a part of it is a lot of Mormon guys were told, especially around our age, they were saying, the, the best thing you can do is get married and, and have children. That's what you need to do. And the church no longer says that. And to the church's credit, I've been involved somewhat with a, um, a group that is, it's a group of a uh, gay LDS. Like they're still LDS. Yeah, they are. Okay. They're still LDS. I, my gosh, I'm, I can't, I'm brain farting on what it's called, but it, it's somewhat controversial because some of the founders of it have um, participated in or backed conversion therapy, mm. but it's, uh, it's basically, uh, the church has said now, yeah, we don't have the answers, which I totally respect. But yeah, just don't don't have a horse in the game if it's not your game to have a horse in. Well, right, and and I, I respect that, that they're saying they don't have the answers now because I mean, if you believe in that religion and the way they they present things, they say God reveals things to us as we need them and when we get them. So I mean, the answer makes sense according to their religion. You know, they don't have the answers right now, Diana. Yeah. What would happen if you were married right now and mm -hmm. you discovered that your husband may have been gay this whole time or maybe was exploring his sexuality? Because that happens a lot here in the state yeah. where people get married so young and they find out like 10 years later, am I even attracted to a woman yeah. or a man if it's a wife? Like, yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? Well, what are you asking? Like, what's your what's the question? So the question say, is like, OK, so if you found out tomorrow, let's say if you were married right uh -huh. now. Yeah. Me and you are married. Yeah. Oh. And we've we've had an awkward and clumsy sex life the whole time, and you've never had sex, so that's what you think sex is. Uh huh. And then you find that I'm on Reddit in a gay Utah chat group, and I'm. And that's you, how I find out. It, that's how you find oh, out. Oh, I don't like that. I don't no, like I'm finding not. out that way. But um, or, or you just or you just find out. Like yeah. we're talking one night, and I'm like I'm like yeah, so kind of curious what a dick tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, explain it to me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, as you're doing that, um, what, what's it like? <laughs> like soft, like, wait a minute. Um, <laughs> like Diana, some kind of a dick sommelier. Yeah. Or 
<laughs> I mean, are you? There's nutty notes and chocolatey tones to this one. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little bit of sea salt, but not from the Mediterranean. More yeah. Like I'm very I'm very descriptive, so I could definitely help you visualize it. Um, no, but to answer that, there's, I guess, a certain degree, um, for one, how am I finding out, right? Like, I always want to be in a partnership where... I'm a safe place. People can come to me with information and they don't feel weird about it. And they can just openly tell me how they're feeling or what their sexuality is in any shape or form. Right. Right. Not to talk too much about this, but I would say when I was married for 10 years, my sex life or our sex life intimacy, it was not healthy. We didn't have a healthy sex life. If I found that out, (laughs) surprisingly, I would be okay with it. I knew you would say that. (laughs) I would be okay with it. And I know it sounds so weird, but I would be more okay with that and him exploring his sexuality with somebody else, like of the same sex. I would be more open to that than if he wanted an open marriage. Oh, I like that. So I I will tell you. Way more. It's it's weird. However, there's a thin line there, right? Like we don't want to get messy. We want to make sure we stay healthy when we're, when right. we're playing our little games and you're doing your own little thing. And it doesn't mean I get to do that. I'm just saying that right now. It doesn't mean I get to go be with another man that I find attractive. Like it's not an open marriage. I wouldn't look at it as an open marriage at all. I would look at it as supporting my partner in his sexuality. That's awesome. And it's. However that looks. This, this is actually what's kind of interesting. As you were saying that I recalled, I was chatting with a guy a couple of years ago. And he he was like, he, he was asking, he wanted to talk, what would we do? What would he do? What would we do? How would you do it? And uh, after a little bit, he's like, okay, I want to come over. He's like, but there's, there's a, there's a thing. And I'm like, uh-oh, what thing? He's like, I'm married to a woman. Are you okay with that? And I was like, are you in an open relationship? And he's like, oh yeah, she knows. She knows. And that's what brings me to the next part. I have to send her photos of us. Like she wants photos of. Oh, that leads into the next episode we're about yeah, to record. Yeah. <laughs> she she wants. She she wanted like he had to have. He didn't. She didn't want my face in it. She didn't care. Like if I yeah. want. If I was okay with that, so it's fine. And he's like. Yeah. He's like if, if if stuff's going, she wants to see it. She wants. Oh my god, yeah. my mind is blown right now, and I'll tell you why. Usually, when okay. Now, now part part of that too was he said that. If it was with a woman, like she would have been like, you cheated on me, you oh, asshole. That's right. what I was just going to say. Yes. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know where the mental block is. If there's a mental block, I don't know where that thin line, the crossing of the line goes with mm-hmm. our brains, the way that we're wired. However, every open relationship that I've heard of in a married, a man and woman open relationship, the man wants the details of what the woman is doing. I've never in my life heard of it the other way around where the woman is like, send me those fucking pictures. I want to see what you guys are doing when you're in private. Like, I want to see, I want to see. That's really interesting to me. I don't know if I would be into the receiving of the photos. However, I would accept it. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't think of, he's over here laughing. I wouldn't look at it as cheating. 
Okay, so. I think there might be. I think I'm not a. Uh, I'm not schooled in this. I'm not a. We both say we're not, not a, psychologists. You're not a sex we're, therapist. We're not therapists. We're not psychologists. We have no real basis for any of our comments other than opinion. Mikey's probably laughing because he's like, "Then why aren't we getting married, Diana? What the fuck's your problem?" Right, seriously. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. I'm laughing because I'm. As we're talking, things are coming back to me that I hadn't thought of for a while. Um, so a while ago, I met this guy. And he was like, he was like, bye and open. He's like, yeah, my, my wife does my, my wife's fine if I mess around with guys or, you know, I was like, oh, you're cool. So he's like, well, me and my wife want to have you over for dinner one night. And I'm like, sure. Why not? So I come over for dinner and, um, she wanted to watch me blow him. Okay. And, Look um, at that. So yeah, this that is was... I am very proud of you, Utah. I know Salt Lake City. Congratulations. We're growing up. We're wearing big boy pants now. Right, Let's so, go. Yeah, she. That, that happened. And Did it that was, turn you on? It was fun. I mean, I have to ask, like, I've been in situations. A woman is watching. Like, did that do anything um, for you? I don't know. Not not necessarily. I was I was kind of just because I, I was kind of expecting her to get involved in some way, and it didn't happen. Well, Diana, what? I'm getting scolded over here by my father. What? <laughs> yeah, but he was also. <laughs> What Antonio? Nothing is awkward if you're getting your dick sucked. It's just you oh, know. Oh well, I don't know. I don't have a dick. Like, what I do you want me to do? Than the situation. Um, yeah, yeah there, there have been three or four situations now that I'm thinking of it where it was a guy who had never been with a guy, but the girl was interested in being with two guys and wanted to see something happen with two guys. Yeah. And that, that that's happened a couple of times where one, one guy I was like, are you, are you sure you're okay with this? Cause if he's like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's just do it. Let's whatever. It's fine. And just like him going, wow, I, I didn't think I'd be able to, to, to stay, stay hard for, for a dude that, that, that was interesting. And, and uh, yeah, but it was, you know uh, what you're doing, Mikey. That's yeah, Way to go. Way to go. Poppy. That's I love it. With age, you know, so, we, do you consider in those situations, is that person considered bisexual or is he gay and is just married? Like, how does, what is that? Um, well, the the guys that had not, had said they never did it before, I, I kind of chalk it up to maybe being open to experimentation. I, I, I feel like if, if the woman wasn't involved, there's no way it would have happened. Yeah. Um, I, I try to be careful in those situations because I don't want anyone to feel like they are being like, like pressured into anything like yeah yeah you know so so my my take on that is all right you know you make the first move here not yeah me, you know and and i i make sure you know if if anyone's had anything to drink that we're waiting an hour or so beforehand Good, i like this i don't want to be like, i don't like want to make anyone he's so, I, he's so responsible he is. i don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable you know and i, I yeah. definitely don't want somebody thinking back on it going mad if i if i'd had yeah. a few drinks or if I if I hadn't had a drink or two, that wouldn't have happened. I just want somebody don't want somebody thinking back on something. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. What was your question? Oh, just like if it, if you would consider that person bisexual. Oh. Um, the the married guys. Yeah, I I do think that like legitimate like bisexuality does exist. I know some people say it's just a lazy gay guy or it's just mm -hmm. you know yeah. whatever. Uh, I do think that a lot of that there are guys that are legitimately bi. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be kind of cool to be that way. But as we wrap up this conversation, uh, what what do you want, Mikey? Like we talk about all the time, you going out with guys, and you've you've developed feelings with people, and it you know yeah. as as one of your best friends, I always feel sad when those things don't work out. But what is the end goal for you? I mean, is it one of those things where like you just don't think it's ever going to happen, or is 
is there someone out there for you? I, I mean, I, I, I would hope so, but it's, I mean, I'm at a place now where the, the joke has been made numerous times that gay guys don't date, they hook up. Yeah, that's what um, we always hear. And I know that I was chatting with a guy the other day who was in from out of state, and he said, like, we were just chat, like talking, and he said, uh, so I just have to ask you, man, is every guy in Ute, in Salt Lake a bottom who's allergic to latex? Because that's all I'm encountering. And even like my experience on some of the apps is like, just last night I was chatting with someone and uh, it's somebody I've met with before. And I said, hey, do you want to come over? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I could definitely fuck. And I'm like, I said, no, that's not what I want. I just, I kind of want some company. I'm just, you know, come hang out. We'll watch a movie in bed, cuddle, whatever. And he, he was just like, I'm looking for a little bit more than that. I'm not going to put myself in a position where I'm not going to get what I want. And I was going, okay, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, it's like, nah, okay, nice. So I, I either have to compromise and, and, and want to have sex when I don't. Yeah. Or, you know, you have to compromise and, you know, it's just. I've been in those situations myself. I yeah, mean, suck. I've like, you know, maybe I want someone to come over, but I don't invite them because I know they'll want to fuck me. Yeah. And so I, I will literally, I literally won't even invite them over because of that. Like I spend a lot of time alone due that's, to that reason. That's what I don't like. I don't like it. It's you can have friends like you, Diana, like we're all, we're all friends. But at, at the end of the day, you know, when you're just going, yeah, I'm, I'm alone to get the end of the night and you don't have that. I just want companionship. You don't have that companionship mm -hmm. or somebody else there or, you know, a, a warm body by you in bed. Yeah. It can be a little sad. Um, but then I've also been in a place where I had that and it was wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's very, very wrong when it's wrong. You know, it's it like, it's, it's hell. Yeah. And, I've been in plenty of those, you know that. Yeah, and and you, you almost rather just be alone. So, um, I, I don't know. Dating, dating is really hard. A lot of guys are just really focused on hookups. So many open relationships, so many like polyamorous people. I I've met more guys who were in a primary and just looking for a second or third than I can handle. You know, it's like, well, when when do I get to be someone's primary? And yeah. I'm, I'm possessive and jealous. I'm going to admit that. So you would want monogamous relationship? Um, I, I I would, and it would depend on the relationship and the way it started out. But yeah, I, I would I would expect that, and I would want that. And a lot of guys don't want that. Like I was I was I went out with a guy, and we were talking, and I I just was I was trying to compliment him, and I said, uh, well, no, he had a he he was in an open relationship, and we were hanging out, and I said. I said, man, what's your boyfriend doing? Let you out of the house. I said, if you were if you were my man, I'd, I'd keep you in in arm's length like constantly. And he's like, well, then you wouldn't be my man. Yeah. And I was mm. like, okay. I mean, I didn't mean that as a you couldn't leave the house. I have to fucking watch over you every minute. Yeah. It was really like just a like supposed to be kind of sweet. Like you know, I'd, I wouldn't want to share you because I because you seem like a quality guy. But um, I, I feel like I'm not really answering the question very well, but. I, I would like to find it. I, I, I do lose a little bit of hope sometimes, and I, I think honestly, I do do think if if there was a way, if there was like a pill I could take to make me not gay, would I do it? There's a lot of days where I, I would strongly consider it. Wow. Not not because I hate being gay, but just because I think. But if you didn't live in Utah, would I, you? I don't like know. If you were in Seattle or like, I don't know where are some other places that are lived like in LA, New he's, York, LA, like the high he's dealt with us everywhere. I feel. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it depends on, on geography where you're at with things, but yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. And I, I know that I, I can't blame everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm very likely 
part of the problem. <laughs> Accountability. Yay. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, we do. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect, but I, I mean, I would like to find it. I, I think, um, oh man, I don't know. Um, grass is always greener, right? Mikey, we do something very uh, special on this show. We dissect Love Guru's advice on every episode. Now, I didn't look for any gay love gurus, so you're just going to have to play along today with one of these love gurus. And this is an interesting one. This is really for Diana, but I also want to get your take on it. Here we go. My husband is my boss. My husband is number one. If my husband tells me, hey, sit down, I'll sit down. Tells me you can't go out with your friends today. I'm not gonna go out with my friends. He says, "Hey, go wash this dish for me." I'm gonna go wash the dish for him. I chose this man to be the king of my life, and yes, I agree with everything he says. Stop snoring. And I did that because I chose this man. I put him in this position of my life, and this is how I honor and take care of and love the man in my life. So I tell women out there, you want a man in your life, you want to be happy. Figure out what you would do when you are happy. Because I am happy. My husband does so many great things for me. And I would do that for him. I obey him, I respect him, and I let him be the man that he is. I chose a man that I wanted to follow. I chose someone to lead me. And that's why I will do anything for him. If he tells me jump, I'll jump. If he tells me sit down, I'll sit down. If he tells me go in the room or go up on stage, I will do either or. Anyways, that's a message for everyone out there. Love and cherish the king in your life. Oh, where did that come from? So before we jump into this, I mean... I have a lot to say. I know uh-huh. Diana's got a lot to say. This <laughs> this was shared. I'm sorry, the fingers, the, the, the drumming fingers. Of, like, I am so I can't ready. Wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. So this was shared in the red pill groups that we talk about also often because I feel they have taken over all of these love guru channels. Mm-hmm. But almost all the time they're men. And when they are women, it's this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know it's this kind of stuff because they keep using the word king. Yep. King, 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 king. Okay. So Diana... Yes. Take the mic. Okay. First of all, I will point out that um, she's absolutely beautiful. And what is the thing called that she has on? Sorry, I'm blowing, drawing a blank. I feel like an idiot. A hijab. Yes. So it could be part of her religion and part of her culture, right? Which clearly. However, when we've seen some of these in the past, I feel like the women are saying that shit online just to get an audience because they don't truly believe it. This woman lives her life. This she way. lives her 100%. life. 100%. She believes it. She believes it. And she's not being pressured. She's happy. She's glowing. You can tell this is all about what she loves. Um, I absolutely love the term king, but it has to be with queen together. I love that. Those words have yes. to be partnered together. So as many times as she says, treat him like a king. He's my king. He wears the crown. I do what he says. The flip side to that as well, in the same breath, in the same sentence, and I am his queen. He will do anything for me. I will do anything for him. He puts a crown on me. I put a crown on him. It is a partnership. We have talked about this. And I love that term. I just don't want women. And I'm not going to give advice because I don't do that here. Right. I just don't feel comfortable, if you will, hearing about women that just kiss and praise and worship the ground that these men walk on. And they get treated like shit. 
Mm-hmm. I've been in that situation more times than I would like to admit. I ignore red flags all day long because I am a very serving human being. My man is my king. Yes, I will do these things for you. Absolutely, I will. Now I've learned what boundaries mean. I will be doing more of that if I'm getting that in return as well. Mm-hmm. Way more of that. Like, you are treating me like gold, like just like I'm your everything. He's worshiping the ground I walk on. And I don't feel like women need to be treated like that by their man. I just, I don't believe in that. I do believe in what you give is going to come back to you. If you want that, if you want to be treated that way, then you need to be putting in the work and treating your man that way. Mikey? I agree with what you said. It it comes down to mutual respect. Yes. Like, I don't think that a a man should be treated like a king and called a king just because he's a man. And just because he told you to. Like, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. I I don't believe that just because a woman is a woman that she's this goddess who, who who deserves to have every man falling at her feet. I think those things need to be earned. Absolutely. It does. And and it's... It's you get more respect, don't you think? Yeah, and if 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 I am going, and th- this is maybe why I'm single because I'm. <laughs> hey, I'm single too. This could right. be why I'm single. Jesus Christ, right. you know. And 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 to to go back to something I said about the pill thing, I, I think if I could like, take a pill to be by, I'd do that because like, you know, damn, sex is is good with guys. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, sex um, is good with guys. I know, I, Mikey. I could, come on. If I could enjoy it with women too. That that would be that would be awesome. So <laughs> if there was a buy pill, yes, I would I would take that. But yeah. Um. Like, this is maybe why I'm single because I, I, I want, like, if, if I'm not feeling that, that coming back to me, I'm not going to give it. Right. You know, and, and I do the opposite. If I don't feel that coming back to me, I go in even more, I even do, deeper. Like, I, I'm like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to get on my knees for right. sure for I you. I do that too. And then I come across as desperate and crossing boundaries. And I, I make people flee and bail. Because, honestly, I feel like people almost uh the more you don't want them the more they want you you know yeah well that's true that's true for me too i'm talking when i'm in a relationship with someone and Uh, and it's just not healthy he's not giving me what i need i will make sure he has what he needs all day long every single fucking day twice on sundays like it is gonna fucking happen because Mm -hmm. i am a giver i am a nurturer i am a service person like i am a mother of three children and i'm doing this on my own I co-parent with my ex-husband. Fantastic. However, when it comes to this, mm-hmm. this is like, this is a, this is a hard red flag boundary that I have a hard time with is if I'm not getting back what I'm giving, I will put in more. Number one, I think that a lot of guys don't understand the difference between a queen and a boss. Cause we're all hearing this mm. boss, babe, boss, bitch stuff like that. That's a different yeah. story. That's not what she's talking about. And that's yeah. not what you're talking about. Like you said, the queen is a, it's something that's been earned. It's something that's been formed by a couple. Yes. So I love that analogy of king Mm -hmm. and queen, but too many guys have listened to too much of this nonsense where if they hear queen, they immediately associate it with boss and they've had these guys say, stay away from boss babes. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. No. I think the other part of this equation too is, and I talk about this all this time, is that false representation of yourself as a king. There yeah. are too many 
kings, I'm doing air quotes out there, that have not earned their right to call themselves or have their woman consider them a king. So many. Yeah. They just want to use the title and not put in the effort and not put in the action. You know what? I would never call myself a king in this stage of my life because I feel like I haven't truly earned it yet. My partner and I are still in. I mean, yes. we're five years in, but we're only like two years into having this baby, and we are still learning what our roles are in this household. Yes. It would be a yeah. different story if I was like independently wealthy and she didn't have to worry about anything. But I have to work 40 plus hours a week to put food on the table. She has to work 20 plus hours a week to make sure that we are meeting all of our responsibilities and accountabilities at the end of the week. Yeah. So I feel that we are kings and queens in training, but I would yeah. never call myself a king until I knew that I was actually supporting my family 100% independently. Well, and my, my thoughts on that too are, I don't feel like a, a king or a queen in a relationship is going to call themselves that, you know, they're not gonna be like, Hey, I'm a king or a queen. Like I want a relationship with someone where it's a partnership where they're lifting me up when I'm falling down and I'm, and I get the privilege of doing the same thing for them. Yeah. You know, that's what I want out of a relationship where they're strong, where I'm weak and they're not faulting me for that. As long as I'm trying and, you know, nurturing the relationship, they're seeing that and we're giving each other what we need because of that. Hold on. I have one extra thing. I know that we're trying to go to the next thing, but Antonio, what you said, I was putting myself in that position of being with a man that is a king type, right? Like he's working really hard or maybe so he's not claimed king. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a king y'all like, okay. So I'm working, say like I'm working full time and I'm just burning the, burning the candle at both ends. Like just fucking exhausted, working my ass off, taking care of kids, full-time job and cooking and doing the laundry, cleaning all those things. I would not treat my man like a king in that situation because why? And you literally nailed it. You literally nailed it. He yeah. hasn't deserved that. And if he's taking care of everything, the family, uh, finances, helping with the kids, not taking care of everything, but just helping and meeting me in the middle, that is the key right there. And it's sexy. It's sexy when a man has these responsibilities and handles it with grace mm. because at the end of the day, you're like, Jesus Christ, you must be fucking exhausted. Lay down. I got you. I feel like we covered a lot of ground today and you were just the perfect guest to talk about this subject, man. Well, thank you. And happy yeah. birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. I don't think we have the rights to that, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Milf and Me podcast. Join us next week. Diane and I are going to get a little spicy. I'm excited for that one. Spicy. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on the platforms and visit us on themilfandmepod.com. Mikey, happy birthday, and we'll talk to you later, man. Thank you. <laughs>